All right, we're gonna get started today. I have a special guest here, uh, another teacher, and someone really close to me. So I'm gonna let her introduce herself. I don't like ruining it for them. Go ahead, do your thing. Hello, my name is Ellie, and I'm a special education teacher. Special education teacher. So what people call it SPED, right? Uh, but it is special ed. Cool. So how'd you get into teaching? Like, tell me what made you like, hey, I'm gonna go be a teacher, especially like just with everything going on right now. How did you do that? Um, I don't think I really chose to be a teacher. I think just the path led me to be a teacher and especially a special ed teacher. Um, I don't think, I like when I graduated college, I wanted to be, um, I wanted to work in the tech company, in the tech world, um, but then jobs and stuff like that took a path to becoming a teacher. So so, the, so let's take it back then. You say you want to be in the tech world. So you went to... Obviously, to college. So, you want to tell the people, you know, where you went to school, where you got your undergrad at, where did you get it in, where'd you go? Yeah, I got my undergrad degree in psychology um, with a minor in Spanish at UC Merced. Um, I did all four years there. And while I was there, I worked at Disability Services for three years. I was part of a Best Buddies Club, which is a local organization that works with special ed community. And then I also tutored um, students who first language were not. English, so mostly Spanish-speaking families, and then I graduated college, and then I got a job at Slack, which is a communications application that does instant messaging, um, meetings, things like that. A lot of corporations use that application, and I was logistics head. Where, where is that? At? Where was that? In San Francisco. So you went from studying psychology at UC Merced, yeah, and then you decided I'm going to go work at the tech world, right? Yeah. We know it's like going crazy in the Bay Area. So how did that work out? Like, how did you get a job there? Like. I know maybe somebody who's listening is like, man, I want to work there. So how, how, how do you get a job in a tech world like that? I out of college? actually just looked up um, like openings of what was, you know, what's fresh and what's available. And I, my first job was at the UPS store. So I have a lot of logis logistics um, experience with shipping and handling. So when I found there was like a logistics job, I just applied and they were looking for someone who had, you know, FedEx, mail. Um, kind of experience. Yeah, some kind of experience. Yeah, some kind of experience. I took the position and ended up being head of the department, nice. the only one in my department. At Slack. At Slack. And, that's and this is in San Francisco or is this somewhere else in the very, is it San Francisco? In San Francisco. Right? In and city. that's when yeah. there were only like one office. Like, right. And I now it's like, it's blown up now. Yeah. Right? It's like international. So you were at Slack and like, tell me about that because I think a lot of people like have that dream, including like myself. I had that dream. I'm going to go to the big city. I'm going to like go work in this big city, get my coffee in the morning, like walk around downtown, look at the pier. Right. But like, Tell us like really like the real behind it, like how it really works, like living in San Francisco, how hard that is, living in San Francisco and all that. Well, I couldn't even live in San Francisco because it makes enough to live there. So I commuted every single day from Sacramento to San Francisco. And I would like sometimes sleep, like spend the night with, you know, some of my friends from college that worked in the Bay Area and my best friend actually worked at Slack. So I would just like room with her sometimes during the night or I would stay late and hang out with her. So it was a grind. It was just, yeah, it was. And then... The thing, and then you get paid very well, but like you're in you the can't city. live. It's well yeah. if you don't live there. Yeah, for Sacramento, yeah. for outside city, but to be in there, you can't even live there, right? You don't make enough to live there, but no. they want you to work there. So yeah. you're obviously not the only one doing this, right? People go from like Livermore all over the Bay Area, anywhere. Like people say, wherever the Bart goes, right? People go to San Francisco, wherever. Like uh, one hour, two hours away, three hours away, people will commute, right? Because you said the yeah. money's good, but it doesn't add up, right? Because if you are making all this money, but you can't live where you work, 
at what cost is that? You know, like, yeah, why I would, would take the mega bus from, from Sacramento. From Sacramento, so every morning and every evening, and then sometimes like it didn't work out with your schedule because that's on time. So if you woke up late, you're screwed and you have to drive yourself. Or I one time I took an Uber. And it cost me $100 to get there. So now you lost money. Because yeah. you paid $100 to go to work. Yeah. But it doesn't add up. Slack gave me Uber credit. Or Lyft credit, actually. Right. So talk about, okay, that, now you just brought that up. Because I totally <laughs> forgot you did that. Tell us a little bit about the little perks. Like working in this tech world. Like if we watch some movies or we might watch like sitcoms or stuff like that. You see people working at these like cool Google campuses or different uh, places. But like tell us like what kind of perks. You just said you got like little Uber rides. Like tell us about that like. What kind of cool things they kind of add into that? Yeah, so actually it was Lyft, so my bad, wrong application. But it's, Shout out to uh, Lyft, yeah. <laughs> you would get like a monthly allowance, so you get Lyft money every month. So you could use it to and from work, like to commute. Okay. Like that's the only place you could use it from. But from where? From anywhere, but to and from the office. So I <laughs> so came I- <laughs> from Sacramento to the office. And, and used Lyft to go I just to- used my credit. So that's, I that's wild. Yeah. Or like we would, you know, use it from anybody's house that like any friend I lived that lived in the San Francisco Nearby, area yeah. that I was like rooming with any there. Right. So any from to and from work. And uh, we got lunch every um, week, but like catered lunch, like a local business that like would just come and drop off a lot of like food. Yeah. So obviously the office organized and then a breakfast wow. that was in house. So like the whole bacon, eggs, waffle kind but of But they thing. do that so you stay there, right? And keep yeah. working? There is. And then on site, there's like a giant room that's just like all snacks, um, you know, coffee any time of the day. You don't even need to pay for any of that. It's just included with your job. And then on top of that, Thursdays, we would get gather nights, which basically was they would bring in bartenders to the office and we would just get free drinks. And you could even bring friends. So like, you know. Yeah. Social kind of thing. Social things. And that was every Thursday. Like there was just things that were consistent every week. So like crazy. you didn't really need money for food no. or even drinks. No. You could just, you know, go to work and then you'd be fine for a week. And that's what would made it easy to like work there. Yeah, you got like, transportation yeah. credits. You get some little perks here and there. Okay. That's cool. So that's, yeah. that happened for a while. And then, you know, obviously that, that becomes a grind or whatever. But yeah. um, after that, like, how did you end up now you're teaching? Like, because obviously anybody would want to do that and just stay with that. You I know, think so. it, it was that I was coming home every day, obviously drained from the commute and things like that. But take I feel like I wasn't. Toll. Yeah, but I wasn't. I didn't feel like I was doing anything that contributed to anybody's life or society in any way. Like I was just shipping things from international. Yeah, you were like for a company. Handling the mail room yeah. on a daily basis, which was like, it's just so easy, busy work. Like half the day I was just hanging out with my best friend who worked there, you know. Right. But um yeah, I just feel like after a while, you just feel like you're not really doing anything. Like you're just kind of in auto mode, just like doing your work because you have to do your work, but it didn't mean anything or didn't like contribute to society in any way. Yeah. So you, you're more like kind of like, you know, I would say like kind of myself or other people that we know that like, yeah, I can go work at this company, make a bunch of money. But like that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be like super happy or you're going to be like, you feel like you're part of society. You're like yeah. doing something for other people. like. Trust me, all that stuff is worth it. All the industries that we have, we need them. People are, are building things. People own things, whatever it may be. They're running businesses. But like going into teaching, teachers are like, we don't do it for the money. I've said this yeah. before. Like it's not a financial thing. I think it's definitely like, look at man, I, I interact with 200 kids a day. And I, I like watching them grow up to be people, right? to be someone yeah. productive. And uh, so maybe that, you know, like you said, I can go work at Google. Or I can go work at Slack and then be in the back doing the mail. 
and maybe make enough to make a living. But can I do that for 30 years, 40 years? Probably not. Yeah. Like there was a time where I was just like, I didn't, not that I didn't want to go to work because it was hard. It was just, I didn't want to go there was like no, waste my time. There was nothing like a end, end goal. There was no yeah. purpose there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So then you went uh, into that and you told me you went into working, what were you working at before that? Before that, disability services right. on campus. But then the ABA, right? Oh, yeah. But then that was after um, the tech world. Correct. So after Slack, yeah. you went to work with ABA. Explain it. What does ABA stand for? What is that? How did you get into that? So what was applied that behavior about? analysis. So um, we do one-on-one intervention. Uh, most of the time, it's with um, individuals on the spectrum. But a lot of times, it is other individuals that have a uh, disability. And so you kind of... Um, you know, kind of you actually go into their house or there's a lot of places that have clinics and you do one-on-one intervention. So you help them with everyday life, living skills. So using a fork, um, asking permission, using the bathroom, shapes, colors, numbers, um, how to interact socially. So we do like grocery, you know, go to grocery store, you go to like any store with your life skills. Yeah, like any life skill you have um, that obviously you need to work on or um, and most of the time with stu- um, individuals that have autism and on the spectrum. And so it was, this, I did that for about two or three years. I think it was in closer to three years. And uh, it was very challenging. And I do feel like they do, you know, the pay isn't, it's the opposite of the tech world. So tech world, you get paid a lot, kind of don't do a lot. <laughs> ABA, you do a whole lot and you don't get paid as Enough. much as you need to. But these kids yeah. need that. The kids are depend on it and i've seen that families like, need that yeah. families need it um the individuals need it and i work with kids from two years old to 13 years old mm-hmm. and so it's a you could tell the difference of like individuals who have gotten it in an earlier stage of intervention versus individuals who get into a later stage of intervention mm-hmm. and now that i'm a teacher i see that with my students too like the students who do get you know extra services support they, yeah, yeah outside the classroom with aba they're a lot more successful have more structure like, you know, skills than individuals who don't. So I fully believe in ABA. I just feel like, you know, a little bit more pay would be nice for them too. So after the ABA, you decided to go back and do, obviously go back to school, yeah. right? Sac State, mm-hmm. right? Stingers up. You know, we're going to make a little like sound or that or something because every time I have a horn down here, we got to do some kind of little sound effect. But yeah, Stingers up. So you went to Sac State and then kind of explain that because I know um, we kind of talked about doing the credential in the last episode, but if you can kind of tell us, the credential that you went for and kind of how different that is in like a so i did a two-year program and it's a dual credential program so i do multi-subject and so that's k through eight mostly any subject yeah, multiple so yeah k through eight so is, is most elementary school teachers need a multiple yeah. subject uh obviously it's, it's in the title right multiple subjects so you're teaching different things you you gotta know a little bit about everything yeah um and then so you did that part and then the second part and then was i also did um mild to moderate special education okay. And so what the important thing about our dual credential is that we focus on inclusion. So a lot of push in and pull out interventions with um, the districts around our area right now. And that was the biggest focus in our credential program is why we were doing both at the same time, because we would take classes that integrated both. Like you would take a math class, but it worked for both. Yeah, it worked for both. Like your math class was work for special education and how to, as a teacher and as a student, how to integrate, you know, both your students who need extra help and students who, you know, were in the general population. So, I mean, it's been a while since I did the program and mine's different, but what do you think the challenges were? I mean, we talked about that in another episode, like uh, with my other guests is that um, 
it's hard to balance like work mm-hmm. and doing your credential. And I feel like that's probably the toughest thing about being a teacher is like, and it's definitely not inviting to people like, Hey, come do a year and a half or two years. We're not, you can't work full time because the, the work is too much. Um, but there's a lot of expectations of you. And then when you finish, you know, just so you know, like it might be tough to, you know, own a house right away. And so yeah. like, that's not inviting, right? So we know that obviously anyone who does this really wants to be there, right? So when we hear like, you know, like, oh, these teachers, this and that, it's like, you know, if, I want to say 98% of the time, 99% of the time, like teachers want to be there, you know, like yeah. you don't stumble upon this and like accidentally become a teacher because all the hoops you have to jump through, you have to be passionate about being there. You know, you have to be like, really want to help kids and be part of their lives and like shape them and help them grow. So, you know, talk about that. Like, how did you balance that? Like doing the work thing, and doing double credential like how does that work i think definitely it's also like how they say teachers don't make enough money like we put in a lot of our own money into the classroom it's the same thing going through a credential program like okay. you don't get paid and you're a student teaching monday through thursday full time like right. you're with your you know okay. corresponding teacher the whole time so the only days you have free to work during the week is fridays if you have like want have the energy to do that right. and then if you do a weekend job that means you have no time to do your Work. assignments or right. you have to prep like, yeah and you're prepping like a teacher would prep you're just not getting paid for it so, so you're doing yeah. your prep you're doing right. your classes and then on top of that the money to pay for your credential program but also the exams you need right. to even oh yeah, yeah receive yeah. your credential right it. yeah so it's like we also like if you want to be a teacher in these times like you're putting in money to even get that right. like paper that says you can yeah. be a teacher so by the time you get to that point like we got a high five every teacher we see at work is like yeah. I can't believe, you know, any teacher had to yeah. go through that in some way because I know it's changing, but there was still the test. There was still school and obviously the cost, whatever. So, I mean, that, that's that's obviously the challenge that we have right now with getting more and more teachers that we know. Like we, we know friends that maybe have their college degree, but don't have maybe any intention. Um, and it's not because maybe they don't make money, but maybe they don't have that passion to like be in the class. They like say give all that up. Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes people don't understand like how much work someone puts in to like prep and thinking and all the like mental work you're doing as a you know teacher because oh it's easy man you you get off in the summer and it's like no 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 but there's a lot of stuff you do for those ten months right and yeah. it's like nonstop every time you're at work right so a lot a lot different than than that tech world yeah. that you were talking about people just chilling or or doing things that kind of just like for what yeah uh, and there's like all kinds of money just coming in um that's obviously not gonna be like that right so no. tell me like right now that we have this like distance learning thing that's that's a hot topic obviously the distance learning. What do you see the challenge going to be for you? And obviously you could say it because you're brand new to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're barely going to start your first year. So like, tell us, what do you think is going to be a challenge going in? Like, hey, I'm your teacher, but I can't like physically give you a high five yeah. or see you in a room. So I think, um, well, one thing was ending my credentials when COVID, you know, was getting the break. Yeah. The, break. Yeah. And schools were starting to close and I was finishing my credential online, which meant they added curriculum into our school that made us they added assignments to basically, you know, mold into this distance learning so that to the state that we're eligible to still teach, right. you know, and get our credentials. Right. So I feel like that was challenging enough that now that I'm official and I'm starting my first year, the hardest thing, especially for like a special education teacher, is that we have to know our kids to be able to give them those accommodations. And so how am I going to be able to accommodate my students that are on my caseload? When I've never seen them, 
I've never seen how they are in the classroom naturally. They've never seen you. They've they, never they don't, seen yeah, me. They don't know, yeah. I don't really know their skill set. Like, yes, I have their IEP, which is their individual education plan. And like, it tells me what they're able to do and what they can't and what combinations they do need. But truly what helps us change those, you know, for their annuals and all their change, like their updates is seeing them in the classroom or right. seeing them with their like one-on-one right. time. And so that's going to be challenging for me, at mm. least as a SPED teacher first year right now in distance learning is, how am I going to accommodate them correctly, you know, or like give them the, like the benefit, the doubt, they can do the, yeah, yeah, the support they need, like, and then, and their homes. And like, if they're, you know, no, that's going to be tough. Cause you know, at least as a teacher like myself, that's already been in the classroom and especially at a school that I've already been at, yeah, you, you know, most of the kids, you know, there's only one good new group coming in, but everyone else you've seen them before you've had them before. So it's like, Hey, Remember me? Like we're on the computer now. Let's do this. Right. So it's a lot different than someone going into a new campus and you don't get to like integrate right away with the teachers. You're like your, your, your department, you know what I mean? Your supporting staff. Um, and so especially with these kids are going to be like, Oh, hi, you're my teacher. You know, like through a screen, it's just going to be obviously really challenging. Right. So that's one of the challenges that we're going to see coming up with distance learning is like, I was thinking about the new students that go to schools, kindergartners, for instance, or like, yeah, TK, little ones, like, hey, I'm your kindergarten teacher. You know, it's like this whole situation is just like kind of ruining that those, those beautiful moments of like the kids going to kindergarten for the first day or like getting dropped off by their mom, right? Um, and it's just like it's going to be rough, especially like or like your freshman year, right? It's your freshman year, but, you know, you can't go to campus. Like, yeah. And, you know, I'm hoping this is, goes away as fast as it can so we can go back to like that norm of like kids just running around and just being loud and being themselves. Um, so – yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what I want to talk to you about, like the challenge that you think you're going to face going in there. I mean, I, th- I think you're not going to be the only one with that issue. You know, there's obviously people that you graduated with that are going to get a job right away yeah. or people that are moving to new schools. But that's the thing, schools. too. We're getting a lot of people in my cohort, like my class that just graduated. It's hard for people to get jobs because there's been a bunch of budget cuts because right. of distance learning. Like even like every department, every school district has right. gotten budget cuts because they're not right. physically in school and don't right. need that physical money to like, you know, fund certain things that they're even they're just of, being cautious. Yeah, they're being and, cautious. And they can't like all of a sudden just hire a bunch of teachers, right? They're, yeah. they're just, I think they're going to just have to go with what they have right now, kind of. Yeah. And I, I think you're the only one I've talked to people that are just finished a credential program too. And they're like, it's not as easy as like before. Like I would think you finish your credential program about like May mm-hmm. and you know, I got a job that week, you yeah. know, and you applied on ed join and people are calling you and so yeah. i think it's a lot different right now where it's like well we don't know what's going on so we don't know if we need four teachers for this or five for that and like you're obviously the not the only, yeah the funding slash the need you know like we don't know if we need that or this or that so that's got to be tough for a new teacher going in like hey you know so at least you got your spot which is yeah like we you know, started kudos. interviewing we got like a you know you're going to graduate letter to give districts like in february and then that's when the schools were closing that's when they in stopped March, yeah. the whole like hiring process right. and then now that like you know school's about to start in like the next few weeks a lot of my friends are still interviewing and still trying to apply and only like a fourth of my cohort actually got a job before may or like in the may june right. like you know end of school year time but the other three-fourths of it are still, still struggling waiting. to still like waiting. yeah and even our credentials like they're still missing parts of it because pearson oh, the no. testing center has closed right, right so like there's just a whole like it's just really difficult as a first year you know, fresh teacher coming out here. 
So, I mean, but you're excited though, right? Like you're gonna go into this like teaching world, like I'm excited. I'm nervous though, because all my field experience has been K through eight and I'm now placed in a high school. Okay. So, so why do you think that's gonna be different? Like explain, cause I, maybe someone might say like, well, if you're a teacher, you could teach anything. Like kind of explain like, why do you think that's gonna be different? Especially like one year makes a huge difference. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of, I don't think it's gonna be the students in general. I think it's gonna be just my part as a sped teacher. Responsibilities? Yeah, my responsibilities, my yeah. paperwork that I have to like normally fill out and you know, um, legally get you know through with the IPs and all the meetings. I think that's gonna be a lot different. And like we work on transition in high school and in K three eight, you're working on those basic skills just to get them you know through the grades and you know through math, through English and things like that. And so I'm doing RSP Spanish, which is very new for me because I've never physically taught a Spanish class. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I'm doing you know special ed with support of a and then and then class. you know. There's different levels to like the sped support that students get, yeah. right? And so I know you're saying Spanish, so like you're gonna be a sped teacher, but you're helping the students while they're in the Spanish class. Yeah, right? so I'm helping with that. Like high school goes through subjects, you know, and that's right. the difference. K through eight, you're doing multi subject, you know, so like. So you're helping them you're, with everything. Everything. I do math, reading, you know, uh, PE, everything. But then when it comes to high school, you do per subject. So there's a special ed history, which. I'm very grateful for that. Like one of my friends from my cohort actually got hired at the same school as me. So now we're coworkers. Um, and so he's doing RSP history, which is nice, but I'm doing RSP Spanish. So I'm helping supports with the Spanish subject. Yeah, so Spanish. Spanish teachers, I'll be hop, like helping their students who are on um, with services mm-hmm. go through, um, you know, pushing and I don't know how pull-out's going to be now that we're distance learning. Right. But so we're, we're helping those specific subjects that's how it's different in high school as well so it's not per like you know but in general like you have one sped teacher it's per subject and that's what you need extra support in and that's how we mostly help you that's how most cases run i mean there's some that are different right um and some because you're you're uh you say your credential program was like with the younger students right yeah mine so I mean, not my, throwing you with the high schoolers my field experience like my student teaching was all k3 huh. so that's a lot different from like i mean a bigger world when it comes to high school kids yeah, well, they're bigger. They're, they're bigger. So, um, okay, so, you know, we like to educate here, too. Like, I know we talk about education, and we talk to educators sometimes. We talk to educators about what they do on their own time. But I want you to kind of talk to us a little bit, like, how do you think you're going to manage all this? Because now you're going to go into this new world where you're going to be finally getting to just work one job, right? Because, you know, when we go to college, we're so used to, like, I work here on the weekends, but then I work at this ice cream shop three days a week or whatever. So you're yeah. so used to, like, doing little things where I coach here and I train this. But now you're going to finally just wake up and like the only thing you really have to do is go to your job, right? Do your yeah. job. I will physically. Like you're not gonna go. and now you have your career, right? Yeah. Where you're like, hey, this is all I have to really do, like, you know, from eight o'clock to whatever it may be. Yeah. You know, obviously you got to be excited about that part, right? Yeah. Because you can kind of just have that one, uh, you know, salary that's going to help you get through. But how do you think you're going to balance like now, like now that you maybe have extra time? I don't know. What are you going to throw in there? Or do you think you're going to be able to like. You have to balance other things with that, or what do you think? Uh, well, definitely don't have extra time because I'm still in my master's program. Oh. So I have one year left, and so I'm still going to school okay. after teaching and okay. prepping and doing all that. So you're going to be full-time teaching yeah. and doing your master's program. Yeah. Right. The only difference is now that you know I get paid to, to do what I'm doing during the day. Oh, your daily. Yeah, your daily. Yeah, thing, versus yeah. like when student teaching, you're doing exactly what you need to do. But, but just, yeah, you got to do it for the time. Okay. Yeah. So then, like, you talked about, I know you told me before that you talked about using a planner. Yeah. Like, anyone could just say, go buy a planner, right? Like, get a planner or, you know, use a calendar. And we tell my, our students that all the time, like, hey, you guys, use your calendars. It's like, 
but you had to like almost break it down, like how to use the calendar effectively. Yeah. So what do you put in this planner? What, you know, what do you kind of recommend for anyone here that's going to college yeah. is listening or anyone that just needs to manage their time? The, um, it's funny because I actually learned how to use a planner in middle school. Okay. Because, uh, you know, the middle school I went to, you were, you had to use your planner and you had like agenda checks. Agenda like checks. every week they would yeah. check to see if you're actually using it or filling it in. Okay. So from there, I can just still use the same, you know, basics, but every syllabus I get from school, I would write down the due dates, like the major due dates. Of course, the project, so that's, midterms. Yeah, yeah. So that's, and then that, I use, even use like a different colored pen for that. So organized, you know, and then from then on, like as a sped teacher, I have deadlines to meet for IEPs and, you know, meetings. So then you just use a different pen for your work mm-hmm. so you don't get that mixed up. And so then I would put in those dates or those meetings and the time, obviously, and with who in case I had, you know, a question about that. Um, just a quick wef- reference. And then from there, you just go weekly. So I always make time to at least, you know, get a work done in a couple of days a week. Mm-hmm. Or if I have, you know, a social event that I want to fit in there, I always mark it. So I know also like, hey, I have a party on Saturday, which means, you know, Sunday, I'm not going to have much time to like do work and be right. like, you know, right. with friends still or something. Or if mm-hmm. I'm out of town, I need to get work done before I'm out of town. So I just use it weekly and like to use it as a reference for my time management. Um, but also like, you know, major assignments, major meetings coming up and I use different pens and then, um, post so use a physical paper, agenda, physical right? paper agenda. That's always in my, my work bag. Cause my biggest thing, like I, I'm all about, I think like when I see things like, okay, I have to get this done, I'll put it down. Right. And like, yeah. especially like, okay, there's a game, you know, I'm a coach. So like, okay, there's a game this day, this day, there's practice this day. I like to know, like, yeah, at least my week. You know, so I can coordinate with my family too, my wife. I'm like, okay, yeah. just so you know, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm coming late or whatever it may be because I'm going to be here or whatever. But I'm not good at keeping that paper notebook with me because that's another thing I have to carry. No, I have to have it. So then when I'm done with it, I just like mark it off. So every morning when I'm like- So you like to see like the- I like no to see more. it that's and done. I like to like Cross it out. mark yeah. it down. And if I don't finish it, I'll put like with an arrow in it, which means like- yeah, still to do. Yeah, still yeah. to do. Didn't finish it, but like you carry that with you all the time. Yeah, my backpack, or I put it in my work bag, and I just get like the small, like you know, the half size one, the three by four one yeah. that they have. But I physically, like in the morning when I'm drinking my coffee or like you know making my tea, I'll like look at it and see like what's my day and like what do I have for tomorrow too. So like if I have time to do something that you know I need to get done tomorrow, I could do it today. Why not do it today? Get it over with. Something like that, and especially when it comes to like your papers, you do it for school, like. I am a procrastinator, so I will fin- I will wait to the week up to like, all right, let me actually get started because due Thursday right. and it's Tuesday or something. You know, like you have to like look at your time and look at what you know what you can manage as you know working and school and family. you know family, <laughs> yeah. fitness, socially, everything gets into that calendar. So like by the end of the month, if you look back in the weeks, they're all like scratched out, circled, marked up, and I like to physically see there's like a mess. Like I want to see things crossed out. I want to see things that I've done and accomplished just to get, you know, my yeah. next week motivated right. and things like that. Oh, that's cool. So then I think you did that. You said you did it in middle school. Obviously you did it in high school. Yeah. You did it in college. Now in you're doing school, it like, like we were forced to use so some it. of those. Yeah. So some of those things that we learn in school, like those are things that we talk about in previous episodes that it's not always just like learning like no nouns and pronouns and verbs. Yeah. It's like, life skills that you could use later on i think the time management is huge right the time management of like hey like these things need to get done by this time and if i don't obviously you know something could happen especially at work if you have a due date or something especially now that you're in your in your line of work you know you have responsibilities to meet by a certain time you know um because that's just your responsibility or your duty and so 
that's cool that you, you know you're able to share that with us that you you got that all the way from middle school a little habit that you picked yeah, up from I middle think, school that you still do now. and i think it's it came from like being a student athlete. We were always taught that we were students first and athletes second. And so that, yeah, so that, on yeah. our agenda, we write like the games and practices. So I knew I had, if I had a game in Yuba City, I'm not going to make it back in time by five o'clock, you know? So I had to get homework done before then or the day before so that if I had a paper due. Right. So like it was from being just a student athlete taught me how to time manage my job in school in the future for college right. or like post-college now. So I could like do social events and family and work and school. But that came from being like a student athlete and using my planner the whole time. Nice. So we're going to wrap it up there. You know, I like to keep my, my things uh, 30 minutes or less sometimes. But anyways, um, thanks for, you know, sharing all that with us. And then, uh, you know, we'll see you soon. We'll check back with you once work starts. Thanks. All right.